Monday on the Sojourner Podcast, we'll be joined by Brandon Perry, who is the current athletic director and men's basketball coach at Johnson University. While not a graduated alumni, Brandon has taken graduate classes with Johnson University, and I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce Brandon to the rest of our Sojournal audience. Brandon shares a lot of insight regarding his work as an athletic director and how that is a ministry as opposed to just a career. My full interview with Brandon will drop on Monday, but this preview episode contains a segment in which Brandon and I discuss the crisis of faith and how sometimes that crisis is an ongoing crisis that must be confronted day after day. So in your faith journey, both going to Milligan and at Milligan, was there ever a point at which you encountered a crisis of your faith, or uh, when did you possess faith that's truly yours and not just the faith of your family? That's a great question. I I feel like a lot of my... uh, faith journey has always been crisis, you Mm. know, to some degree. I I went through a pretty difficult, like our family is a broken family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mom and dad divorced when I was a junior in high school. Mm. And um, there's a lot of stuff that just comes with that, you know, and and it took me a long time. Uh, I'm very honest in that I I struggle with uh, doubt at times. And I feel like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my faith is built on just wrestling with God and mm-hmm. wrestling through some of these these issues. So, so I, I don't I don't know the exact moment that I said it, it became my own, but I also feel like in a lot of ways, even though I, I grew up in this environment that was all Christian and all faith, you know, I, I, like I said, my dad never forced it on me; he mm-hmm. allowed it to be there. So I, I feel like, for the most part. Uh, it, it had been that, at least to some degree. I know one moment that was really stood out to me was, you know, my, my youth group got heavily, my church actually, at Ben's Creek, uh, I was there from 2005 to 2013. We got heavily involved in a mission uh, in India, which was kind of cool. I, I decided at one point, it's like, man, we, we need, I have a lot of uh, upper-class kids in my youth group. We need to do something that's outside of ourselves mm-hmm. so it isn't so self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided to take a semester and do this tithing program. And uh, my kids, basically, we, we broke it up into these small bites. And that group of youth group kids in, what, three months' time built a church in India, about $10,000. Wow. That they ended up raising, which was pretty amazing. So we, we sent that money over. And then I went to India with and, and did the whole dedication service in this church uh, which was incredible, but I think you know one of the struggles that I had coming back uh, from that is I I began to recognize that a lot of my my faith was tied to my geography, hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that was I think that was really really hard for me, and you know, and we ended up, I ended up going to India twice, and uh, both times coming back just thinking, wow, is this really mine or is this you know something that just I don't know, just came about because of where I live and my circumstances and who my, my dad was in particular. Like, is that, mm-hmm. is that the reason I believe these things? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that was, that was a struggle. Uh, I also remember a time in college, I think anybody went to Johnson or any school like, like Johnson or Milligan probably had these moments where you, you sit through Old Testament and you start hearing things that you'd never heard before. And it's uh, my dad and I, I remember I went home and, 
uh, we, I don't know why we did this, but we laid down. We were like laying down in the kitchen floor <laughs> for some <laughs> weird reason. I have no idea why we were doing a work project or something. And I just started talking about like these things I had heard, you know, theologically that I'd never heard before with my dad and saying, I, I don't know how to make sense out of this. Mm. I don't know. That's a pretty powerful moment for me. So I, I, I find like all these little mm-hmm. time frames that have like shaped who I am and, and made a pretty big difference in, in where my, my faith has gone. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes we talk about cultural Christianity and, mm-hmm. and we say that you know, essentially what that means is, uh, yeah, well, I'm raised in a Christian nation. Sure, I'm a Christian without really knowing what right. that means. Right. But in your case, when you talk about cultural Christianity, it's you were culturally immersed in, mm-hmm. in what would be an authentic practice of faith. Yeah. But yeah. the personal heart transformation of that was incremental. Glimpse, yeah. Glimpses of God through the ages. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, I think so. I think there's just, you know, I th- we talk about this a lot. I think one of the most powerful things that happened, I, and I, I tell this story constantly, I actually tell it a lot in, in recruiting, <laughs> is when my mom and dad split, one of the things that happened for me was a guy who was, he was one of my youth workers at the time, uh, and from the time I was 16 until I was about 21, every Wednesday night I went to, his name's Troy Rumley, I went to Troy's house, and uh, we had dinner, uh, usually about two to three three hours. We would watch uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, <laughs> you know, back in the day. Uh, and I typically would sit in the floor and play Candyland with his daughter, oh. right? Uh, for years I did that, and... Uh, and I, I think it's a time you don't realize like how powerful those moments are. Mm. Uh, but for that three hours a week, like my family situation was normal, mm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was a huge thing for me. Cause I, I, what I, the reason I tell that story a lot is that, you know, I don't remember sermons, mm. you know, I don't remember, I, I don't have this conversion story where this, you know, moment happened where this is, was a big deal. But the things that I do remember are people, mm-hmm. and people who were intentional in my life uh, about shaping who I am and about you know, who just cared, mm-hmm. you know. And, and in a lot of ways, I feel like, you know, Troy did more good for me than anything I'd ever actually learned at church or anything I'd you know, at least intentionally learned at church. Mm-hmm. That for, for me, he was church. That, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the, the body of Christ coming alongside and seeing a need and feeling it. Oh, and wow. and yeah, I think that's simply what the church is in a lot of ways, uh-huh. you know. So so I, I look back on on most of my spiritual journey through those kinds of like lenses and that framework is not it's not that powerful moment. I, I think of Mark Nelson, you know, when he came into my life at, in 2013, like uh, you know, Mark obviously an alum here as well. Mark altered my life in so many ways. He was just <laughs> the right person that I needed to, to come into my life at that time, in a time frame where we had moved to a new city. I'd had a successful youth ministry. I mean, I, I did. I felt my wife is a, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, my wife's a doctor, so we had matched here for residency. So you match days, March 15th, or at least it was that year, uh, you find out what city you're moving to June 1st, you're there, you know. And, <laughs> wow. And we had had, I think we interviewed in 
it was 12 cities. Wow. And I had jobs lined up in 10 of those. And the one city we I didn't have a job lined up in was Knoxville. Because <laughs> Knoxville is Johnson's town, right? And I was a Milligan guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I had no connections in the city whatsoever. And uh, so it's like, okay, here we go. And, and I showed up and I struggled to find a job. I struggled to find like my place. And all of a sudden, here comes... Mark, who I, I would have never put us together at that time, and, and like his influence in my life, it's shaped, because I, I was on staff at his church for a little bit, hmm. and um, that time frame was really the building blocks for me being the basketball coach here. Because hmm. a lot of what I did under him shapes the way that we function like philosophically now, which is pretty incredible, you know, when you think about it. So it's these little windows, like, where uh, I think God just kind of shows up and, and you don't even recognize that it's that, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fascinating to me how God prepares each of us for separate journeys. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he equips his church in various ways to perform various tasks. So, you know, we're not all the eye or the mm-hmm. nose or the ear or anything else. It's every one of us functioning right. in the body right? according to how he's made us to function. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about those things in your life that stood out to you that made you just an ideal guy to be a basketball coach, <laughs> you know, because of those yeah. close relationships you establish with, I mean, essentially, this is like your group, of, this is your church. It's, oh, it's it is. this small group of guys yeah. that you are nurturing and mentoring and faith oh, yeah. in life. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we even talk about that team-wise. I mean, one of, you know, I think it's really weird when you look at sport you know, as an outsider, and I would say all fans are outsiders, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> to some degree. And all of us, like, look at it through this this lens, and, and we think we know what's going on. But mm-hmm. really, there's more happening in the background. So typically as a coach, like, you have these philosophies, these theories, these things that you – or maybe even a banner that you come back to over and over and over and over again. We actually started calling them uh, – we, we named them now. We actually – we talk about liturgy. Mm-hmm. You know, in with our team, like what is our liturgy? Some of that has to do with technique. You know, there's certain things that we do over and over and over again. Like for my guys, I, if you come to a practice, you'll hear them say next shot over and over and over. Every time they miss a shot, they have to say next shot, next shot. It's our liturgy. You know, it just gets repeated. But one of our, I guess, our liturgies is that we talk about uh, the church as it was intended to be, right? And you look at the makeup of a, a any team, but I think especially a basketball team kind of fits into this this model. Like Jesus walked around with 12 guys, right? They traveled and they ate together, they laughed together, cried together, hurt together, they learned together, they did all these things together. It's essentially what we do, hmm. right? I, I'm taking 15, 18 guys and, and we're we're traveling together and we're eating together and we're doing life together, hurting together, crying together, celebrating joy and good moments, ups and downs. We just live life together. So the the phrase we say often is, our team is what the church was intended to be. It's what it was supposed to be. And that's mm. how we need to to manage it. You know, I think a lot of times the church kind of messed that up. Mm. You know, we kind of forget that we, we really, it's about community mm. more than it is about a service, right? Mm-hmm. And often we get caught up in what happens in that hour on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and we forget how to like live life together. 
Mm. Right. So the beauty of, you know, of, of our team, probably, probably my absolute favorite part of coaching is that uh, I can be very intentional about getting kids who are very different from one another, especially at the college level. You know, you're, I, I can go out and get kids anytime I want. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, uh, if I'm very intentional in that recruiting process, I'm going to have kids who are from the inner city, and I'm going to have kids who are country. I'm going to have kids who are white and kids who are black. I'm going to have kids who have high economic standing and others who do not. And and now you bring all of that difference together, mm. and you figure out how to live life together. And often I think in church, we avoid that. Mm. We want sameness, mm-hmm. conformity, mm-hmm. right? And so for us, like a big part of what we're trying to teach through sport is like you can be different and you can worship together mm. and it's okay. <laughs> it's perfectly <Wow>. fine. <laughs> it's so cool. And lest anybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, who is a church apologist that, you know, we have it right in the way that we do church today, lest they think, uh, Brandon's just a basketball coach who doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you were a church minister as well. Yeah, 18 years total. So it's been a lot of time. So I was three years as a senior pastor in Knoxville. That's how I, when I ended up at this job at, at Johnson, 15 years total in youth ministry. So yeah, it's, it's not something that I'm just kind of speaking into and didn't live out. No, mm-hmm. I've, I've done as much ministry as just about anybody, you know, even though I'm still fairly young, I guess. So there you have it, Coach Brandon Perry's take on what it means to be a minister of the gospel of Christ in the setting as a head basketball coach at a Christian university. I hope you enjoyed this brief episode of the Sojourner Podcast, and be sure to tune in Monday to hear Brandon's full episode as we dig into life and what it's like to be a basketball coach. Thank you so much for listening.